executing a amicable divorce process, particularly if there are children involved, should be of principal concern for everyone involved. Limiting the collateral damage is one primary objective we can all agree which would be formidable and most desirable. However, the current divorce rate in the United States is 3.2 per 1,000 population. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, which means there were approximately 827,261 divorces recorded in 2019, which means there have been more than 8.3 million divorces in the United States since the year 2000. With those numbers now absorbed in our subconscious mind, the question now becomes, what's the key to taking the high road during the divorce process to limit the damage and ensure that there is an equitable path forward for all involved? Andy Heller wrote a groundbreaking divorce book entitled Take the High Road. Divorce with compassion for yourself and your family. Heller is not a divorce attorney, nor does he work in both psychology or family law. However, going through his own divorce process, he found a significant gap in the self-help space for those going through divorce. Heller has a background in investment, helping novice and seasoned investors get to the next stage in their business. And by writing this book about divorce, he's hoping to do the same when it comes to form a palatable path forward to ensure that everyone involved in the divorce process can maximize their opportunity for growth, expansion, and understanding. And Heller, join me this week to tell me more. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Kevin, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Now, Eddie, I know that uh, when you went through your own divorce process, you went 
throw a bit of a dirty when you uh, saw a bit of a gap when it came to serving people as they uh, go through the divorce process. And I know that's the origin of the book, so I guess that's where we'll start. Tell me why it was important for you to write the book that you've written and uh, some of the responses you've got uh, after writing the book. Sure, I'll give my story in just two or three minutes here, Kevin, to leave time for other really good questions. So, you know, I went through a divorce like many people do, and uh, there's typically a, a period of two or three years where it's really, really challenging. And when I get stressed, Kevin, I don't sleep a lot, <laughs> and I and I write. I kind of just take notes. So, like when my mom was passing away in hospice. Um, I started to take notes and my notes eventually became an article that got covered in five newspapers in North America in the Mother's Day after she passed. So while I'm going through my own divorce, I'm reading all these other self-help books and they're, they, they were good. They weren't bad. Um, and then I'm writing my own notes about just trying to get through the process. And after about two or three years into this, Kevin, um, I looked at my notes. I'm like, oh, my goodness, I got an outline for here for this great book. And most of the books that I'd read, they're from the perspective of a therapist, a co-parent counselor, a mediator, a divorce attorney, okay? And they're a very, very certain vantage point. Like you're looking through one set of glasses. And, and I'm a big believer, Kevin, you can pick up the worst book, but if you get one or two tips that help you, it's worth the $20 you spent for sure. But these books were not comprehensive. And I looked at my notes, I'm like, oh my goodness. So divorce, from my perspective, is a journey. And during this journey, you're going to do some things really bad, some things okay, and some things kind of in the middle. Um, it's, it's what I would call an experiential journey. But the problem is that if you have the guidance and the tips on the first day instead of on day number 300 or 500, you could navigate the journey in a manner that's not healthier for you, but also better for your children. So I looked at my notes and I'm like, oh my God, here's a series of tips that I got that if you give the divorcee these tips on day one, he or she can get through the journey so much healthier and more importantly, so can their children. So what I began as a process, it was an eight year project. I interviewed dozens of divorcees. I interviewed field experts like divorce attorneys, um, uh, uh, co-parent counselors, mediators, um, um, therapists, children's therapists, uh, adult therapists. And I'm a businessman. I've, I've co-authored two real estate investing books 20 years ago. So my book, <clears throat> where it differs, is it's organized by a divorcee, not a field expert. I'm taking the counsel of all these experts and organize it into a series of 46 tips and strategies for issues that most of us to begin divorce are going to deal with at least half of these issues so that if we have this counsel, we can get through the process easier. Now, I will say one more thing before I pause for your next question. Um, it's not just getting through the process because once you're divorced, most of us have kids. You still got to co-parent effectively many times for 15, 16 years with the person you couldn't live with. So probably half of the book deals with co-parenting uh, um, advice for how to do this in a manner where 
your kids are put first and foremost. So that's kind of my story. And as far as I know, there's no book quite like mine. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the uh, early reviews, from, particularly from the therapy community. It's been very, very humbling. Yeah, absolutely. And so, Eddie, I'm, I'm fascinated to find out from you, what does that mean to you after going through your own divorce process and writing this book about taking the high road during the divorce process? What does that mean to you when it all, all comes down to it? What does that mean to you? Well, first thing I'd say, uh, Kevin, if I was to redo the launch of my book, I'd probably pick a different name because somebody sees a book with the title, Take the High Road, Divorce with Compassion for Yourself and Your Family, they think, oh, this guy's t writing about giving away the farm. Um, that's not what I'm doing, okay? So, in fact, it's the opposite. Taking the high road, what it means with respect to divorce is as difficult as it can be, you've got all these emotions that are percolating, you've got to put the needs of your children first and foremost, and they don't always align with what you want or what you think you deserve, all right? And um, in terms of divorcing with compassion, and uh, a key element of that is compromise and focus. So, and this is where the, the title of the book is a bit misleading, Somebody might say, well, he says, take the high road is like, well, agree to everything that she's asking for, agree to everything that he's asking for. No, that's not what I'm saying, everybody. What I am saying is that yeah, I've learned, and this came from divorce attorneys, there is a direct relationship between the number of conflict points and A, stress, and B, how much money your divorce costs you, both during and after. So if you reduce the conflict points to two or three things that are really important to you, then you're actually going to save money also, and then your mental health will be better on the back end. So part of the taking the high road is something that you we all have to do in that you look in the mirror and you write down two or three things that you really want to achieve as part of the settlement, how you want your life to look once the paper is done, all right? And you go to your attorney, say, okay, these are the two or three things that are important to me, compromise everywhere else. And in doing that, all right, A, you're giving your attorney a blueprint that he or she can focus on. So they're going to be a savings of money. And it's going to be easier for you to achieve these things because you have limited down to a short list. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, Andy, I always believe that every opportunity in life, life is an opportunity for growth and expansion, even divorce. So tell me, when you went through your own process or talking to all of these experts, how do you think we can use divorce to grow to become better people in all aspects of life? Well, the, the, the divorce, um, I, I, I think I understand what you're asking me here, Kevin, in that um, divorce for many of us is going to be the most challenging part of our life. All right? And if you can, and, and, and one of the things that I can say on a personal level, that I'm kind of like in my world, I'm that guy that my friends come to for counsel. <laughs> I'm that reasonable guy, all right? I'm the compromise-oriented Dale Carnegie disciple, and I'm the one my friends come, come to for reasonable guidance. And during the course of my own divorce, um, I actually found a therapist who worked with divorced men. And 
a couple of things that actually just prompted me to write the book. I, I came in, things would happen. I would come in and talk with her and she would say, all right, Andy, I understand what you want to do, but you're going to do the opposite and here's why. And I realized that as a result of these instances, Kevin, the degree to which I was emotionally compromised and not able to make good decisions, even though I'm a pretty reasonable guy. So to your question, if you, if we human beings can successfully navigate the probably the, the arguably the most challenging period of our life we can put the needs of our children paramount we can take steps that are not mean or vindictive to our former spouse and we can have an eye open towards our own personal landing spot then pretty much anything you do afterwards is going to seem like a cup of tea i can say on my own world um, one, once I got through my own divorce, my business took off like a rocket, Kevin. And I think that that divorce made me stronger because I was able to overcome such a big challenge that the challenges of running a business were a piece of cake. Yeah, every, every uh, opportunity in life is a learning experience, isn't it, Andy? I, I could not say any, any better, Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. And Adam, let's talk about children because I know it's one of the most sensitive uh, topics of divorce. And mm -hmm. uh, tell me about uh, making sure that children come out on the other side of divorce as in intact as possible. What do you think is the key there, Andy? Well, the the advice I'm going to you give to answer that question may may not be something everybody wants to hear, but it's also the truth. Um, we adults that are navigating our own divorce. Now, this is not intentional. I'm not being mean, but we are the disruptors in our children's lives. We're disrupting their lives and we cannot be the disruptor and also the shoulder to lean on and the healer. The children need their own advocate. And we adults, we got our own plate pretty darn full. We got um, custodial questions. We got financial questions. For many of us, we're going back into the workforce. For many of us, we're learning how to be a parent on our own. So we have so many challenges on our own. The children need somebody whose eyes are focused on them and is their own advocate. The most powerful advice I can give your listeners, Kevin, is to find a child therapist and get your kids in therapy ideally before you announce to them that you and your spouse are going to separate there was a such a strong relationship between healthy children and children who had a sounding board aside from their their their, their parents that there is absolutely no question what the answer is to your question it is find a, a skilled children's therapist and and get your kids with that children's therapist for at least a few years and you know possibly longer but that children's therapist will make sure that if the children develop coping problems that you're not aware of because your own plates are full which is no fault of your own that they'll make sure that the children get what they need that's the best advice i could give there yeah, absolutely. And, and as you know, we're both 
Canadians, I know you live in America now, my friend, and I mm -hmm. also know that you graduated from the University of Florida as well, but I'm interested to ask you uh, your memories of growing up in Canada and your favorite part about being Canadian as well. Oh, well, unfortunately, I'm not. This, this podcast is not going to be three hours long, so I cannot answer your question the way I want to. But I will say this I lived in Canada until I was 10. So clearly, my formative years were spent in the States. But my memories of Canada and my whole extended family is there, Kevin. I'm back all the time. The Canadians are kind, they're nice. Um, I will tell everybody. Um, travel all over the world. The cleanest big cities, big city you'll I've ever been to in the world is Toronto. Torontonians and Canadians take take such pride in their home. Uh, we Americans can certainly learn from that. Um, but for me, can, uh, Canada represents family because we moved to the states where I did not have a lot of family, and in Canada I have such a large and wonderful tight knit family which we unfortunately had to leave. Um, and yeah, so uh, a lot of warm memories, even though it's a cold climate, <laughs> um, but from my from my childhood when I was 10 or younger. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and getting back to uh, the process of writing this book, I'm wondering, uh, with all of the interviews you did for this book in particular, is there any one uh, sort of sentiment or lesson that you uh, took, took away from all those interviews that still uh, stick with you today? Um, yes. Um, the number one lesson or, or, it, uh, or the, the tip, best tip I could give to all of you, that in almost every single interview, man, woman, uh, it did not matter. There was a significant reinventing of their life the stay-at-home dad who raised the kids had to go back into the workforce all right the um uh the, the mom who deferred all finances to the dad now had to learn how to balance the budget the father whose wife was a great mom he needs to learn to co-parent on his own so um the the mom who never cooked, the, the dad did all the cooking, has to learn how to cook some basic healthy meals. On some level, most divorcees have to reinvent themselves a little bit to be the type of parent that they want to be post-divorce. Because honestly, parenting is a two-person job. To be done by one person, it's exponentially harder. It's more than double as hard. So the, the best advice I can give, and there's some great stories in my book of perseverance. Parents who rolled up their sleeves and said, darn it, I know this is hard. It's not in my current skill set, but I'm going to learn this so that my kids can depend on me years later because my ex used to do such a good job at this or that. Perseverance is probably one of the most powerful uh, 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 traits and qualities we adults are going to need to get through a divorce. Because even if the divorce is amicable, you we all need as adults to acquire some skills that our partner had 
at least to a level of competency. So your partner was a great chef. All right, you don't need to become the master chef, but you don't want to be ordering pizza every night when the kids are with you. You got to be able to cook some basic healthy meals. So, you know, and this is really stressful for a lot of divorcees. In fact, this is one of the things I wrote chapters about the need to uh, take a step back, look in the mirror, and identify what skills your former partner was really good at that you're not, that you're going to need to acquire to be able to uh, manage your own household. It's not an easy thing for people, to, for we humans to do, Kevin, to look in the mirror and say, let's talk about what we're not good at. <laughs> um, so, but it's a necessary uh, uh, step. And perseverance is what you're going to need to get you through that, everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes the hardest assessment to do is on ourselves, isn't it? It, it, it is not easy. And, and, and sadly, a lot of us are just incapable of it. But during it, when you're getting divorced, it's really paramount that you, 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 you do this with some level of honesty. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm curious whether you think that, uh, concept of resilience and redemption are interconnected when you go through a divorce process. Uh, they are interconnected. And the comment that I would have on that question is kind of similar to what we were just talking about with perseverance. You guys have got to put in the work. All right. Resilience and perseverance are two words that are very similar. And if you put in the work, that's going to give you kind of a sense of redemption. And I'll give you a great example in in um, in uh, the book. One of the interviewers, interviewees, I'm sorry, was a divorced dad. He's involved, but he did a lot of traveling. Um, the, they had uh, his wife at the time was a stay at home mom. She was a super mom, a great mom. And he put in the work. He got to know the doctors. He adjusted his travel schedule around the kids custodial calendar um he got to know all the parents of the of the friends at school and um a couple of years later he he looked in the mirror and, and he commented on uh, I, I he said andy i felt really good about myself i felt i i really put in the work i needed to to be the type of father i wanted to um and and i'm there now so uh, um, I think those words are very, very um, interconnected by hard work. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Andy, my final question for you is a two-part question, Andy. I'm wondering, uh, for you uh, in particular, what, what would be your uh, sort of uh, defining moment of your life? And when you look at your life as a whole, how do you want your personal and professional legacy to be defined? The defining moment in my own divorce was I had to make a geographic move away from where my business was centered in order to be a father and impactful part of my children's lives. And the difficulty around managing a business in a different city, traveling, going back and forth, um, was uh monumental and and that to, that in my own life that was the defining moment for me i said i'm not going to be that father who sends a check across the country i'm going to be that father where my kids stay with me half the time but in order for me to do that the the, the change that i had to make personally and professionally 
was massive. It so so my own to me that was my defining moment. I put my children ahead of geography. In terms of how I want to be looked at years later, I I love that question, Kevin. Um, I want to be looked at as a great father and a husband. Um, I've remarried. Um, I want to be looked at professionally as being charitable and ethical in all aspects of my business. Um, and I will say the last thing about this book, um, ladies and gentlemen, when you write books today, it's not the same as it was 20 years ago. You, people don't read anymore. <laughs> they, they, they just go online and, um, and statistically the, 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 the data on book writing is just brutal. Only one in 100 books make money. So I didn't write this book, Kevin, to make money. Um, I have successful businesses. I'm very proud of where I am professionally. Um, I wrote this book because my own divorce was very difficult. And um, I was very fortunate to have some good counsel. I got some bad counsel too. I figured some self stuff out on my own. This book for me is a give back to society. Half of our marriages end in divorce for men and for women. My book, I believe, there's nothing like it out there for men and women about to go through this journey and having gone through the journey, how to co-parent an environment where you with somebody you, you couldn't live with, but now you got to co-parent with. So um, hopefully this is my give back. Um, and something that will survive me and and um, and hopefully positively impact a lot of families. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just one quick follow-up, Andy, because I I know, as you said, you uh, remarried, but I'm also curious to ask you about when you when you make the decision to remarry. What's the key to your things to integrate your former life to make sure that it's a seamless process if you choose to remember. Well, I think the way I'm going to answer that question, because really, that's a great question, Kevin. And it could be answered many, many different ways. What I'm going to highlight is um, I I firmly believe, and this is, this is now Andy Heller talking. This is not the therapist I interviewed, whatever. Um, and this is the outlook that I took when I got remarried. If you are getting divorced and your children are fairly young, how and who, how you bring a new partner into your life and who you bring into your life is going to have a really, really big impact on your children. So I, I spent about two or three chapters in the book speaking about this. My personal opinion, though, is you have to have, you cannot just bring in a partner that's that's right for your own needs. I'm sorry. You just can't be selfish. You got to bring invite a partner in your life who you believe he or she will be really good with your children. Um, particularly if you have younger children, you have an obligation to them to bring in somebody who will be a healthy healthy presence and influence. Uh, at, at worst, just neutral. Okay, um, that will allow you to parent. Uh, so, and that's an area where when you got love and pressures involved, it's an area that is, it's not the easiest advice to hear, Kevin, because we're, you know, we can be very lonely after divorce. Um, me personally, the woman I remarried, I could not have chosen a better partner for my children. 
Um, she'd already raised three wonderful girls. I met them. I'm like, oh my God, it, you're a super mom. And my, my children really took to her and they love her. So um, I think that's pretty good advice. And there's also some things I talk about in the book as to the timing of when to make that introduction. And when your girlfriend or boyfriend warrants an introduction and when it might be best just to wait a bit. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like if people want to buy the book or uh, get connected with you personally. What's the best way they can do that? Sure. Well, um, the best way is just buy the book. Um, in Canada, United States, just go to Amazon. It's on Amazon in both countries. Um, look at the reviews. The reviews are really positive. Um, and the book has just been out, so I'm really proud of that. And on back is a web our, our website, and you can connect with me there, and I'm, I'm happy to help out. So the book is called, again, Take the High Road, Divorce with Compassion for Yourself and Your Family. My last name is Heller, H-E-L-L-E-R. So if you Google that on Amazon, the book will come up. And I'm hope hopefully I can... I can help out some of your listeners. I'm going to say one last thing, Kevin, and that is all of your listeners, you're doing the first, you're doing the right, you're, you're, the, the step you're taking right now is the right step because you're seeking out podcasts like Kevin, maybe a book like mine, the, and you realize that, you know, I need to bring good counsel into my world to help me navigate through this life challenge. And, and that's a step that honestly, a lot of divorcees, are not taken. So my compliments to all of you. Fantastic. Well, and I really want to thank you for uh, writing the book, first of all, and for joining me this afternoon to uh, discuss a very important and timely topic, my friend, your work in this space and time on my behalf is most appreciated. And from one Canadian to another, my friend, I want to thank <laughs> you for uh, spending a little bit of time with me this afternoon. It's most appreciated. Kevin, it's my pleasure, and um, I wish you all well, and um, thank you, and uh, you've done me this honor to have me as your guest.